Welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast, the show where we help you optimize your health, fitness, and mindset on a whole food plant-based lifestyle. My name is Maxim Seguin. I am a former triathlete, powerlifter, bodybuilder, and basketball player. I've been vegan for nine years. I've also been able to coach over 350 vegans from 20 different countries to completely transform their bodies and their health. I'm excited for you to listen to today's episode. Let's get into the show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fit Vegan Podcast. Today, I am joined with the famous Coach Sarah, who's our head Fit Vegan coach and in-house holistic nutritionist. And we're going to be talking today about how to adjust your mindset, uh, training, and nutrition when you're injured or sick, because it's highly requested from some of our members. But first, let's just welcome Sarah. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited. This is our, our second podcast. Mm-hmm. Good thing I asked before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very I'm very honest. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to chat with you today because I know the members love you. Um, you're always bring a lot of knowledge to to their group calls every single week, and uh, they definitely want. I think they want your insights more than mine at this point uh, oh, on a lot of topics. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, very excited to dive into today's topic. But uh, any things that you would like to add, maybe a little intro for the people that are not members that are not too sure as to like who you are, your certification, your experience and all that. Oh boy. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm Sarah. Uh, I have been a personal trainer for close, for close to 20 years. And, um, and through my personal training experience with my clients, I found that, um, what was lacking is my nutritional knowledge. And I really, really wanted to help everybody, get to their goals and I just I became a nutritionist about halfway through my my personal training career to help to better um service my my clients and and get a better and actually um I found I learned a lot about myself through learning um about nutrition and um I think we're going to talk about this a lot um on on the podcast today but um yeah I just wanted a well-rounded um knowledge base for my people yeah well, yeah. and, and so we've been working together for, it's going to be two years now. And I think like in a, like two, one or two weeks, yeah. very, very soon. And so, yeah, Sarah has been from the ground up when we started Fit Vegan Coaching. And so I'm very grateful and I feel very blessed to have her part of the team. And she's brought amazing results to our members. She crushes all the, all the meal plans and the nutrition aspect of the program. So that's why today I'm excited to talk to her about uh, obviously nutrition training and how that needs to be adjusted, but also from a mindset perspective, because you do have like, you know, 20 years of, of coaching experience and you've dealt with a lot of these scenarios. Yeah. Um, so the first one I think we should address is um, being injured. Right. Yeah. And then we can talk about maybe like all the components of being injured modifications that need to take place. And then we can go into like sickness because I know a lot of people have been getting the, let's say COVID um, and having to like step away from training and how they, how to navigate that. Um, so let's just talk about injury first. What are some of the key things um, or the main components that people should look at um, when they first start to when they first get injured? I would I would start with why. Why did you get injured? Is there a breakdown in your your movement patterns? Is it a training issue? Like, are you overtraining? And then you can dive deeper into the the overtraining issue. Like, is it unhealthy? um training overtraining and is there is there issues that need to be addressed there um and then um i think injury is an opportunity to look more closely at what you've been doing and where you want to go 
Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like it's very common to get overused injury because people are going, they're doing too hard, right? They, I feel it's common in society that the, the more you do, the better it must be for yeah. you to perform, for you to build muscle, for you to lose fat, for you to reach whatever goal. And we've definitely seen it with members throughout the years that there's always that mindset, like more is better. And so yeah. I like, I didn't think of that before, but yeah, that's a great opportunity to learn. Like, does, does your mobility terrible? Like, right. Yeah. You're getting injured when you're doing a squat because your hips don't, you can't go all the way down. Right. Um, and so looking at that is, is powerful. And so once someone has an injury, right, we talked about mindset on one of the groom calls, because I think it came up from Angelina. Yeah. It was like her idea to like rec to record this podcast. So thank you, Angelina. Um, you know, how can someone adjust their mindset when they first get injured, knowing that most people are very self-identified with their level of activity? Yeah, it's that's a hard one. And and I can only relate from my experiences. I overtrained for years and years and years, and mm -hmm. I just didn't get it. I didn't get why I was getting chronically injured. So I think really taking a step back and figuring out why, like, and, and learning other coping mechanisms also, um, like, are you using exercise to, to compensate for your stress and your emotional, um, release, right? Um, I think that's really, really key. Um, but then also reaching out for help too, right? Like if you do have a mobility issue, um, how can I improve that? What, um, what do I need to do to improve so I don't have to experience this injury again? Um, yeah. and then looking at other modalities, right? Like, do you need to incorporate a little bit more yoga into your life? So you talk about like the, the different mo modalities of including some yoga and some stretching, which let's be honest, most people don't add and sometimes right. neglect or decide, sometimes decide not to do after a workout because let's be honest, I'm a, a part of it. I'm a part of the problem a little bit. You're tired after the workout. You're like, I don't want to, I don't want to stretch. It's not going to do much for me, but ultimately it does make a big difference. Yeah. And as you age, we're not going to be young forever. I think it's really important to incorporate and just kind of value your stretch um, and your, your mobility. It's, it will improve your overall performance in the gym. And it's, I know it's yeah. counterintuitive, but um, like I know some CrossFitters, they'll warm up and do mobility training exercises for like two hours. That's their yeah. job. But, yeah. but they're, they're, they place a huge emphasis on, on mobility and, and their range of motion because that will allow them to do the movement patterns to their fullest and also more efficiently because you're not yeah. having to deal with tightness or, or an immobile joint that your, your body has to work around. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at the, um, as true, crossroads are really good as much as people give them shit for their form, like their mobility work is amazing. Mm -hmm. you know, if you, I can just think back of times where, you know, some people are going to squat, but their hips are so tight that they can go down to 90 degrees. But then if they are able to go down to 90 degrees, all their weight shifts to like one yeah. side of the body, because there's so many imbalances and tightness and the body just tries to find the path of least resistance, basically. Yeah. 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 And then then there's just overuse on that one side because you're always like going down like this to the side. Yeah, absolutely. And then also if you have injury to say your upper body and you haven't appropriately dealt with why you're working out so much, mm -hmm. you're going to create 
injury in your lower body because you're going to overuse that. So having a, a moderate approach and a balance to injury is really important, I think, too. Yeah. So would you say that like lack of mobility would lead to overcompensation, which would lead to injury, basically? Uh, yeah. And improper um movement right so like for running like if you have tight hips you're gonna you're gonna naturally yeah. um alter your gait yeah which will not be efficient and can cause wear and tear on the joint that it no normally wouldn't have yeah so many people go from a um like a desk job to like a lot of high performers yeah. <laughs> in the group like ourselves included we've done you know triathlons long distance yeah. racing you go from a sitting position from at your desk and then you're like, I'm just going to go for a 20 kilometer run. Your hips have been like tightened all day. And then you just expect them to open up for 20 kilometers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and so obviously, so we talk like overuse injury, overcompensation, which could lead to injury. Um, not having the proper form makes the world of a difference. Yeah. And so, you know, from, from a, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier from a mindset aspect, once you get injured, training, mm. nutrition, and mindset needs to be adjusted, right? Yeah. And so let's keep mindset for the last one because I feel like that would be like the biggest topic. Yeah, I but agree. Training, how would you make adjustment to someone's training if they have a current injury? I know it's situation dependent. Um, yeah. It's like it's a, a knee, a hip, a IT band, or like a shoulder or something. Yeah, and it depends on the type of injury too, right? If it's really acute, then obviously rest, right? You have mm -hmm. to allow the joint or the injury to heal. Um, if you need to seek out PT, you know, find find that help to help you through. I, I spend many hours in the physiotherapist's office getting yeah. help um, so that it doesn't become permanent. So mm -hmm. I would I would seek out extra help. Um, and then also... Um, try to strengthen that area once the the injury's healed um would yeah, be still have atrophied for sure mm -hmm. yeah um but i don't i think rushing back to working out is not not ideal right you want to slowly increase so so some of those PT exercises, like we've all done them, very mind numbing, very boring. Yeah, you're just moving very, your ankles side to side. Moving, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> so, but but placing a lot of value and doing them. So, I don't know how many times I've been in the PT's office and and they say, "Oh, did you do your exercises?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll help you. So, like, it, when I get injured now, um, I've made all these mistakes, so I'm by no means perfect. But um, I, I take my PT very seriously, and that becomes my workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. it is a replacement for your workout because you can't do a full workout. Okay. Um, so obviously, like when our members come in, they're injured. We're gonna make all the necessary modifications for them so they don't have to figure it out. But if you don't have a coach, then yeah, going to physiotherapist, doing some of the exercises, and listening to what they say is gonna be really valuable. Yeah. In terms of nutrition, how do you adjust nutrition when someone is in injured? knowing that you know potentially a little bit more inflammation in the body there's less energy expenditure like how do you make those little tweaks again situational yeah but everything we're talking about is situational for yeah. sure but generally speaking um you can definitely help with inflammation by having um anti-inflammatory foods like turmeric and ginger added into your diet 
Um, we eat a whole foods plant-based diet anyway, so it's very healthy, full of nutrients. So it's going to help help heal that injure, injury and help um, control the inflammation, which is a natural biological response to injury. Yeah. Um, you might have to adjust calories down a little bit depending on the amount of cardio um, being performed. But, but a lot of times um, the nutrition, if you're depending on the phase you're in and what your goals are, um, not a lot needs to be adjusted, to be honest. Yeah, no, it doesn't, right? Like if yeah. you, if the cardio is the thing that's being replaced, like, yes, you're going to burn a bit more calories. If it's strength training, like you burn calories, but it's very minimal during your strength training sessions, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, it's definitely like if it's a foot injury, then you can't bike or do cardio or anything like yeah. that. So, but w we can dive into the mindset part because that's kind of connected. It's, you're bored because you're not doing as much. So you want to turn to food more and then it makes it hard to stick to a potentially like smaller amount of food. Yeah. And you don't, you don't want to create that trigger, right? So adjusting calories to compensate for injury may not be the best bet to go mm -hmm. um, because it can be triggering for people who um, can't, can't expend that, stress because you know when you're injured you're worried and you have emotions and it's sometimes hard for us to deal with so oftentimes people use exercise to expend that that stress and that energy so when you can't do that and then you're also cutting a lot of calories to compensate for the injury you kind of it's kind of a perfect storm so we want to keep everybody's mental health through the injury nice and stable and and know that they're supported and that you know we're going to get you through the injury don't worry um you know it's not a big deal so but yeah we definitely use food to cope um yeah, yeah. yeah. i feel like what, what you share is like there's such a i think people don't realize that also the thing that just coaching is just very logical and data driven which yeah. it is to a certain extent but there's such a huge psychological component to it which you refer to like as mental health in this scenario. Yeah. If someone gets injured, the logical thing is there's less energy expenditure. Let's cut the food, right? Yeah, then if not. we cut the food, which is a logical thing to do from a psychological standpoint, oh, I feel restricted. I'm bored. I actually want to eat more. And then if they don't respect that and they eat more, then people feel terrible that they ate more and then they're high, more likely to eat even more. And okay. so by not cutting the food, you're actually going to end up in a better position than if you are to cut it and not respect it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 People don't think of that sometimes. It's like, I just need to cut. I'm like, yeah, yes, but you're going to get bored. And if you go over, you'll, you'll be like, oh, I messed it up. And then people throw in the towel and then they just go yeah. overboard. Yeah. And then there's, you feel defeated, right? Not only are you defeated by the injury, but you kind of made an error. Yeah. With food, and that's not what we want. We yeah. want people to feel good. And, and then again, like I said, like, let's look at why, like, let's mm -hmm. see why you're injured. Let's look at how, shine a light on how you're coping with daily stress is there an opportunity to like incorporate more meditation and more journaling mindfulness um to like put another tool in your toolbox with coping right yeah and i think that's one part that people don't i see people don't understand i think people don't think of and i just want to do a little disclaimer like we're not pointing fingers like I'm pretty yeah. sure it's the same for you, but like for me, I've been there. I've cut my food and then I went oh, over yeah. it because I was injured. Like I've I've put on a bunch of weight out of injuries. Like I I've been there. So we're talking from experience, not pointing fingers. But yeah, the stress does compound in your body, even if you're training, you know, potentially adequately. If you're going a little bit overboard, but you're not sleeping well and you're really stressed, 
your risk of injury goes through the roof. Even if you're eating right and you're exercising right, yeah. really stressed, not, no proper sleep, some, something's going to happen at one point. Yeah, yeah. Well, your, your cortisol levels will be high chronically, which mm -hmm. will increase low-grade inflammation. Yeah, and yeah. You know, that's why we include meditation for our members, which you know a lot of them didn't expect coming in. This is trading yeah. nutrition. Now it's like, oh, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to read books. What is happening? Yes. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about uh, the self-identification with yeah. fitness that people have. And I'll just, I would love for you to share from your perspective, because we have a similar background when it comes to endurance sport. Yeah. But before when I was a bodybuilder, I identified as a bodybuilder. And so when I was injured and I couldn't work out, to me, it was the end of the world. And the yeah. last big self, uh, how can I say that? just like identification that I had was being an Ironman, a triathlete. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is who I am. This is what I do. I train this way. I train 10 to 15 hours every week. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately I got injured, right? You, you get injured at one point because that's what happens in those sports. It's abusive. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, I can't do this thing. And I came to realize like, well, I'm so identify, I identify myself so much as being that, that when I'm not that I have no idea who I am. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, and I'm bringing this to the awareness for everyone, like some people that tend to over-exercise identify as a healthy, fit person in their group, but sometimes it becomes too much where you forget who you are. And when you can't do that, you're like, what is life? Who am I? Yeah. I and you start to feel a little bit depressed, to be yeah, honest. Absolutely. Because you can't be you can't be you as you perceive yourself to be. Did you have any ex experience like that in the past? Oh. Yeah, I overtrained for years. Um, and I remember running a half marathon in January with a lung infection because I'm like, I paid, I paid the the fee, I'm running. And oh. I remember being <laughs> at the, the start line and my dad's going, What are you no? And I'm like, yeah. I'm running this. I trained, I'm doing this. And I look back and I'm what was I thinking? Like I was putting my health at risk. Like yeah. you're doing this in the name of health, which yeah. is so absurd. Right. And I would, I would, um, I would alter like um, appointments and socialization to work around my, my workouts. I would, um, you know, risk relationships because I had to work out. I, yeah. it's just silly. And it was, it was obsessive. Um, but I switched from coping with food um, when I was heavier to, to, I just, I literally just switched from food to exercise yeah. without, without dealing with the emotional aspect yeah. and, and putting in more tools in my toolbox to cope with stress. Every time I felt stressed, I need to go for a run. Mm -hmm. And, and because society um, it values healthy, healthy looking bodies, thinness, and being active, like people are like, wow, look at you. And you get positively reinforced. And that just feeds into this obsession and mm -hmm. this, this really unhealthy behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's so true that it, you just you just go from a coping mechanism to another. Yeah. When when I was doing triathlon, it was, you know, that's when Jen had cancer and we're kind of yeah. going through the whole process. Like a hundred percent. That was my triathlon phase. That was my coping mechanism. Yeah. I could swim for two hours, not think of anything. It's such a repetitive movement that you can turn off your brain. Yeah. And that's your way of coping is just like the numbing of not having to think. Yeah. Um, and just talking about injury, you made me think of something. The last half Ironman I did was in Whistler. 
and I was in a car accident two weeks before and I <laughs> smashed both my knees into the dashboard. Yeah. And, um, so my, my knees were hurting so bad, badly. I still showed up. I did the swim. I had a hard time walking for two weeks <laughs> and then I, I swam, I biked, which was fine. I ran and then at a, a kilometer, I think like 10, yeah. I stepped on the ground. My knee just gave out so yeah. much pain. Like I just, all the nerves were hurting and I was crying and yeah. the people was like, Hey, like, we'll drive you. You basically have to DNF, right. Yeah. You do not finish. And I was like, uh, -uh. I'm like, I'm finishing this. Cause I was so yeah. identified with it. And I walked, jogged, limped for yeah. whatever, 11 ish kilometers. Yes. Fried three quarters of the way. Yeah. I was, it was so much pain. And then I finished yeah. and I was like, cool i'm proud that i finished but i was so stupid that was not like it, it was because of the identity that i had built into being this person and like i say i'm going to do something i'm going to finish it even yeah. if it compromises my health and long-term health of my knees yeah 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 and there's no like there's no like little voice that in some of us that gives us reason even the people yeah. i'm sure people who were supporting you in that race were probably saying look this is probably not a good idea you were just and you're like no nope, i'm not listening yeah no there was no room for this is not a good idea and yeah. all it was in my head is like i need to finish like there's no option i'm not thinking of my knees in 10 years from now i'm tall i need my knees <laughs> <Really Dude. tall. laughs> so like i none of that i was just like i need to finish because i was so identified with that yeah. um and it was so hard to detach and it's hard to say i can't and we mm. talked about this in the group call yesterday with nicole i can't is such a difficult um thing to think about in terms for ourselves right yeah like for some of us i can't do that just is not in our vocabulary yeah yeah along the same lines of no <laughs> no yeah. i can't take this on <laughs> no yeah. i don't want to take this on yeah yeah uh, you talked about like i think the coping mechanism is an interesting conversation mm -hmm. because it it like you mentioned there's that positive reinforcement that you're you know it's if you look a certain way it's a good mm -hmm. thing and it it might seem for some people there might be people listening are like oh this is a cool coping mechanism or at least you're getting fit but it's really it's really negative it definitely has consequences to it and for some people that may be listening that are like oh like i do that and if you work out a lot and you really think about it you probably do to a certain extent like you don't need to train that much ultimately mm -hmm. to be really fit, like three, four times a week, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're doing a lot, there's probably something in there that's like you running away from something. Yeah. I think people have to look at volume and intensity when they're looking at their, their training schedule. Right. And when we get requests of, I want to run four days a week, oftentimes we say, no, this yeah. is not healthy. This is going to impact your weight. Um, Cause it will overtraining yeah. will impact your weight loss. Right. If that's For what you're sure. after. Not only that, but, you know, overuse injury, all, all the stuff that we've just talked about, but like training intensity and volume is the t two key um, factors I would look at um, when determining whether or not somebody's overtraining, because it is a fine line, right? Yeah, yeah. Working out is important, but you have to make that, that d decision of, oh, you know, over 60 minutes, six days a week, clearly that's too much. Yeah. 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 I th I feel like I want to be the devil's advocate here because I know that it's not right to like overtrain like that, but I do want to bring up for people that are doing like endurance events. Like we talked yeah. about like doing okay. triathlons yeah. and things like that. So if you're doing it for fun and you want to challenge 
yourself, yeah. then I think that's a healthy place to come from. Yeah, if you have a goal or or something, but I think we're talking and we should have maybe prefaced this. This is not normal training. Yeah, no, it's not. It shouldn't be like that all year round. All the time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely, yeah, it is a coping mechanism. And again, we I don't want to sound like, I, I just want to be like, share the, the wisdom here that you and I have and having mm -hmm. gone through it. I think we both came to the same place of like, I can work out in a place where I'm healthy. I'm happy. I feel good. I don't need to do more because there's so much more to life than to work out. And we still um, have goals, right? Like you still have goals in your fitness and so do I, but yeah. it's not obsessive. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, and I get going off on a tangent here, but I think it's powerful because I never get to talk about this stuff with anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, you a lot of people will train yes as a coping mechanism but it's also serve as a piece of self-validation yeah like fitness is used for so many things okay. right as a piece of self-validation increasing confidence um what's with what the coping mechanism acceptance. acceptance in a peer group yeah yeah, yeah. A, a, a sense of community and camaraderie right mm -hmm. you know i just i can just heart and come back to my crossfit days like the community in that in that group is so strong and people yeah. will often subject themselves to multiple work intense workouts just for the community yeah just right? to work out with a certain group yep. a few times a week yeah 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 have you have you had any experience with that and i'll, and I'll like with using fitness as like yes as a coping mechanism but then using fitness as a piece of self-acceptance because like mm -hmm. I have multiple times oh, for totally. many years. And then also I would use it for proving to people that I, I have value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, like in the CrossFit world, I, I would say, yeah, I can do that workout that's posted on that board and I can come in the first top, you know, five individuals in that class because I'm strong. I, I would kill myself, but it would yeah. just say, I would prove to myself that I'm valuable. Like I, and I'm, I should be accepted in this group. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And yeah, it's, and it just harkens back to like a sense of self, right? Like I just didn't feel great about myself without that piece. Yeah. Yeah. I think just to kind of like bring everything up on the, on the mindset topic, like for just for people listening, it, yes, you can work out. Mm -hmm. It's obviously it's good for you. It's good for your health. You should do it. You should do yeah. like cardio, heart training sessions, but then just trying to come to a place. And like, I don't know how long it took you, but I've, I've been training for 17 years and I only got to that place like two years ago. Right. <laughs> it took a, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. It took a really long time, long to, time to get a place to where like I work out because I feel good. It's fun. If yeah. I have more body fat on me, I'm good. Like I told you, it's like when I did my Tulum cut and I was yeah. really lean, I felt terrible. I don't, I didn't yeah, like, I like did. having a bit more facts. I feel so strong. Yeah. Right. So where you're, if you have a bit more fat, like you're still a good person, <laughs> you still yeah. look fit, you're okay. And where it's not a coping mechanism because once I lost the coping mechanism, because I stopped triathlon, like I think a year before she, she passed, like yeah. once I stopped triathlon as my coping mechanism, then it was hell in my head because yeah. I was going through so much. And I was like, well, I don't have this escape thing anymore. And so I feel like potentially 
for people that are injured, that might be a thing. Like the coping mechanism isn't there anymore. And you feel like you just want to get started because you can't deal with what's in your head. Yeah. Oftentimes when there's stress or something on our minds, um, the the reaction, the intu- intuitiveness is to take action. And often that comes in the form of exercise, right? Yeah. The ultimate action. And when you can't due to injury, um, you're kind of left looking around going, what now? Like, how can yeah. I, what am I going to do now? And, um, and I honestly, I was thinking about this before we had this call. I'm like, I don't know how I got here. I just, I don't, it just yeah. kind of happened. I think age also and, and being around the right people helps. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, being surrounded by people like us being like yeah. in a tribe, which I feel like it's a really healthy place. A lot of members have changed their habits from being like excessive over exercisers. So now diminishing and having a greater understanding of what healthy exercise looks like. Yeah. And the education that we provide, um, that exercise is not a good form of weight management. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's good for many other things, bone health, joint health, um, cardiovascular health, uh, lymphatic, you know, there's so many other things that exercise is good for, but weight management, not necessarily. That's where your nutrition comes into play. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can, you can train for Ironman, right? Train 15 hours a week, but have terrible nutrition and you're still going to put on weight or have terrible body composition. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But the, the the commonly held belief is that weight management is 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 dealt with through cardiovascular endurance and, and training. Is that's wrong? You yeah, and I'm I'm not, I don't want to bash triathletes, but most triathletes that do it as weekend warriors. I'm not talking about professionals because that's what they yeah. do for a living. But most yeah. weekend warriors for triathletes have terrible body composition. I've been to like over 50 races. Like most of them have terrible body composition. If if cardio was a solution, it would have (laughs) been reflected. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why our program is so different because we place emphasis on resistance training. Even for triathletes, like strength training is so powerful. Yeah. You never do a race and it's your heart that gives out. It's your, it's your legs or it's your arms in the swim. It's never the heart. Yeah, yeah, unless you're like sprinting, right? That's the like legs would give out first. So the thing is going to slow you down. You need that muscular endurance. Yeah. 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 So moving into like, um, you know, being sick and being injured, like talking about people that have, we have a, a few members that have COVID right now. There's kind of like waves of people as there's waves happening in the world. The big thing we see is people trying to come back too quickly, yeah. right? They're like, I need to work out which again could fall under the realm, not saying that it is of coping mechanism of self-identification to exercise and all that pressure to get their goal in a a certain period of time. Exactly. And so how, how would you suggest that people navigate these, I'd say bumps in the road, right? Just their speed bumps that are kind of, they slow you down for a little bit, but then you get to pick up after and the people that want to come back too quickly. I would say check in with your body first. Yeah. Always check in. How do I feel? Am I feeling fatigued during the day? Am I able to make it through the day without wanting a nap? Because oftentimes, depending on the person, COVID can really hit you hard. And because um, I've had a few members where they're they're usually very energetic and you know high energy throughout the day, and they are they're getting their butts kicked and mm-hmm. super frustrating. Um, so that's where I would really encourage to for these members to 
to reach out to their coaches and, and just be honest with, with us and say, mm. look, I'm really struggling. I, I really want to get back to it, but I'm fatigued. And I think we need to take cues from our body. If you're fatigued, obviously you need to rest. Right. And then I always say, you know, the, one of the best forms of exercise out there is that is actually just going for a walk outside. Yeah. So start there, start there and, and just go for a 10, 15 minute walk and then check in with your body, see how it goes and then slowly increase your duration and then slowly increase your, your intensity and, and not rush back and just take cues from your body. If you're tired, then, then take a step back and rest. Yeah. It's probably the smartest machine that exists, right? It'll literally tell you what it needs. Um, And the thing is it also like, if you're trying to come back too quick, your, your hiatus is supposed to last like seven days, for example, for COVID might last two weeks. And now you just missed two weeks of workout because you're trying to come back too early oh. and it just keeps like delaying it. And yeah. no, I would say I consider myself a fairly healthy individual. This knocked me out for seven days. <laughs> I was yeah. sleeping. And- I couldn't work out. I was barely eating. It was so rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's just life throws you a little punch you know, it's trying to get the positive out of it. You know, yeah. this like, I get more time to read. I get more time to sleep because when realistically will you ever take the time to sleep this much? You probably won't. No, no. Yeah. And then, and then investigating other coping mechanisms too, right? Like mm-hmm. I can't work out. So like use it to your advantage. I like things happen. I don't, I don't want to get all like philosophical but i I, we do it i love that stuff (laughs) we we, we, things happen to us for a reason it's not random and so Mm, i think we need to glean every bit of wisdom out of that in that that situation and that experience so that when it comes up again for you you know how better to approach it and and look at it and and manage it best yeah oh I'm a big believer of that. I think every lesson that is being presented to you, mm-hmm. if you don't learn it, will be continue being presented to you in a different 100%. form until you learn it. Yeah. Um, I just went to church actually for the first time in like over a year and a half last wow. Sunday. Yes. Um, and he said, the pastor said some things like identify before it intensifies. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. There's, there's some lessons that we're like, I'm not going to learn from this. I'm just going to push it aside. Hopefully it never comes back, but it always ends up coming back. It always does. If you look back throughout all of the things that you've experienced in your life, you always have a repetition of the same thing if you don't deal with it. And it'll continue like that for the rest of your life. So why not, why not, you know, get the help that you need or, or face it head on and, and learn from it. So that yeah. you can go into new experiences. Yeah. And just, just for people that think that it's worth it to delay it, it's not because it just gets more intense. It just gets darker and stronger the more you delay it. I agree. Right. And if we if we can dive into like fat loss a little bit, right? Like we've had members throughout the years that 20 years, 30 years, 40 years of trying to lose the weight. And it always comes down to like, there's always a blockage for everyone at one point, either it's with meal prep, either it's nutrition, either it's social events, whatever it may be. But ultimately, every single time it comes down to something that's within themselves that they don't want to confront. Right. And that's the thing that's been showing up for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, every single time. And I feel like every member we've had has their point where they 
have a hard time and they have to confront something. And that kind of makes or break a lot of transformation, honestly. Like we're there to support them through chat, through one-on-one calls, through group calls, their check-ins. But there's always a point for every member where it's like, if you get past that, you've learned the lesson you were supposed to learn and then you just move forward and they get great results. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, and I think there's value in, in loving yourself where you are. Yeah. Because if you are, you know, that negative self-talk through injury or illness or, or whatever, or just, or just wanting to be different because wanting to change your body, body composition is fine, but showing yourself love and, and positive self-talk, um, cause you talk to yourself more than anybody. Right. Um, yeah is important because if you keep on saying, oh, uh, I'm too fat or I, I have got too much fat on my body or I'm uh, too weak or whatever, you're, you're, you're telling yourself that you're, you're not good enough. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that we need to show. And I try really hard to tell my members that, you know, you're, you're good enough now, but there's nothing wrong with wanting to change how you look. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you know who Peter Crone is. That's an amazing, just amazing podcast, really like philosophical guy. But he was talking about like, you know, we always put this in the future of like, oh, when I lose a 20 pounds. And we talked about this last Friday, right? Of like, oh, when I get lean or when I get this body, when I fit in those jeans, things will be better. So it's always the idea of that the future will solve everything. And then he was like, Have you ever been to the future? I never (laughs) been, right? You can never be in the future. You're always in the now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. we talked about how it never, it is never the way that you think it's going to be once you have your body. And that's kind of like, I want to burst anyone's bubble, but if you get a, if you go to get a six pack and you get a six pack, like you're going to be the same person just with a six pack, whatever insecurities, fear you have inside of you, they're not going to go away. They're still going to be there. Whatever amount of success you have, shit's still going to be there every time you hit a milestone. And it's that, that willingness to take on whatever would show up and i think like that's what i liked about what we built with fit vegan is it's not we're not just like here's a training here's a meal plan and i feel like sometimes that's what people want but that's not what people need because that's not going to solve anything and that's why we have the group calls the one-on-one chats and we're so focused on you know mindset and i would say like emotional intelligence too when we have some of those conversations with with members yeah absolutely Yeah. yeah And what you've been doing will get you to where you have been, but not where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's really important that people um, are receptive to our coaching and and are open to new ideas and ways of doing things because, you know, you can only get so far and then you're going to get what you've got in from the past and, and how you've approached it. But opening up yourself to, you know, maybe looking at those things that need to be addressed emotionally um, you know, and, and opening yourself up to, to eating differently and training differently, um, will get you to, you know, a different future than what you're experiencing now. Yeah, absolutely. If you, and I just put this for anyone that has a coach, right. I have several in my life. If a coach, if you bring on a coach into your life for a specific area, we'll just use fitness in this and nutrition in this scenario. Like we have all of our members, like 
we want the best for every single one of them. Like we talked about us often, like that's my biggest stressor in my whole life right now. It's not even the three businesses or whatever else I have going on. It's like other members getting the results and doing what they're supposed to do so that they can like achieve their goal. Like that's my yeah. biggest stress. Um, and if a coach says something to you and they have their best, like they want the best for you and whatever they say triggers you, ask yourself, why does it trigger you? Yeah. Right. You have someone here that wants the best for you, right? Like we've done it almost over 500 times at this point with all our success stories. Yep. We, we know how to do it. Right. And so if a coach says something and it triggers you, why is it triggering you? There's definitely an opportunity there for you to learn. Yeah. 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 And, and move forward. Yeah. So obviously coming up again for you and somebody who's coaching you is, is seeing it. And we see things differently from our perspective versus an outsider's perspective. So there is value to that. Yeah, absolutely. We're not, we, we are involved in the process, but we're not as emotionally involved as the members are. And so we can say things as, see things as they actually are <laughs> from an outsider perspective and always with yeah. love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just had a call with my Tony Robbins coach and he pointed out some stuff and I was so triggered. I was like, oh, I hate this. And he's like, why are you triggered? <laughs> and he's like asking me a question. I was like, I know you're right, but it's like, it just pisses me off. Like at all. Yeah. I was like, well, that's, that's my thing. Like why I'm triggered because of, you know, of the things I have, my certain beliefs and value systems. And so just, you know, for, I just want members listening that when we say something like we're also going through our own journey. Yeah. of self-improvement right like you're continuously improving you're a completely different person when we first met right yeah. two years ago i am and coach nicole is and everyone's always improving yeah yeah absolutely yeah and yeah. That's, the, that's the whole point right that's the point of life yeah always improving but accepting where you are and loving yourself and 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 always wanting to because if you do that from from that place you're not in a, like a like a deficit if that makes yeah. sense yeah, you operate very differently and you make decisions very differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to start to, for example, do this program, do this workout, do this nutrition because um, I want to do this. And this is going to be a fun opportunity for me to push my limits and see what I can do versus like, I need to do this because if I don't achieve that goal, I am nothing and I suck. Right. Yeah. Which I feel like, you know, some people tend to start um, their, their transformations from. Yeah. And hopefully we can, we can bring that to their attention and maybe just change their language or how their self-talk is and, and the group chats and, and our mm -hmm. calls are really good at that. And there's a lot of love in that tribe. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's like, I always say this to everyone's like, it's the best part of like the program Yeah. Right? as a tribe and the group call and having a community of people that are supportive they're on the same boat as you on a similar mission. Everyone's vegan, trying to be healthy and, and and lose weight yeah yeah absolutely. yeah so going back to like how people can deal with injuries and sickness yeah. i think like some some clear steps of action um i think the first one would be to just like manage the expectation of yeah. what will happen because some people still want to have the same rate of fat loss or performance increase during yeah. that time frame versus you know when they're not sick or injured yeah yeah check in with your coach and know that things are not going to go the same speed that originally we in intended pre pre injury things are going to change yeah and that's okay like you've had covid and um you 
you listen to your body, you took the time, and then you're probably 100% back in the gym, right? Yeah, it, it took me two weeks to get fully back, like properly in the gym. But the thing that helped me was like, I don't need to be peak performance in three weeks. I'm, I'm in this for a lifetime. So what okay. if it takes me a bit longer? Like, it's okay. The slow burn, right? Yeah. yeah. You can afford to take two weeks off. It's okay. Get the rest and of my life to work out. <laughs> exactly. And then actually injury or taking a break for something will really um, show you the relationship you have with it. Yeah. Right. With, with, with training and with food. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Or even social media for that matter. Oh yeah. That was definitely a hard thing is you're bored. Okay. I still am within my calories because I was still tracking at the time. And then it's like, I don't want to spend a bunch of time on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube. And so I just, you know, shut, put the phone in airplane mode and then was sleeping, was reading books. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, cause it could be a huge, waste it is a huge waste of time it, it is a huge waste of time it's a great tool but it's a huge waste of time yeah but you know if you if you have to abstain for something from something it will show you how important and like where it lies in your your list of priorities yeah yeah, yeah. i did a i did a podcast on my 72 hours of disconnection that i did like a few weeks ago yes. like a month ago Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said, like when I turned it off and I put in my luggage and I was with Ivy and, and we we're talking or she was in the kitchen, I could find myself like my hands were just going to my pockets. I was trying to grab something. I was like, as this is happening, I'm aware that I'm doing it, but I'm not doing it. I'm like, how yeah. is this happening? Why am I looking for something to grab? Oh. Uh, yeah, definitely. The mind is very addicted. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the dopamine that you get from looking at fancy pictures and funny things, right? It's the dopamine addiction. Yeah, like I'm not I'm not perfect. The amount of times I go on Instagram to answer one message and then it's like 10 minutes later and I'm watching reels. So I'm like, how how did I get here? <laughs> I know, you go down that rabbit hole and I do the same. I think most of us do the same thing. Yeah, I'm I'm working at the computer and I open my phone and I'm on real like, stop, just stop it. <laughs> Put the phone out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um um, uh, so yeah, sir, any, let's do like any, any last words of wisdom that you would like to share with members or non-members that are going through that process, right? Maybe they, maybe through this podcast, they realize like, oh, maybe I do have an addiction to fitness. I do using as a coping me- mechanism or self-validation or self-identification. Like, what would you share to, to some of those, those people listening? Uh, um, I would share that. It can change. You can you can learn how to cope in other ways that are more healthy, um, yeah. and having a better relationship with fitness and food. Right? Like we're never taught how to to do this. Nobody's teaching us how to eat properly. That's why we have a program for that. Yeah. Um, same with new um, with fitness. Right? Like there's there's always opportunity to change, and there's nothing wrong with you. It's lots of people fallen into the trap of using um, food or fitness for coping. Um, but um, know that always try to strike a balance and um, being aware is, is really an important first step. And then working through that and, and knowing, knowing that you're doing it is, is half the battle. I think, I think that for me, that was one of the things that I'm like, kind of triggered me like oh i'm using this as a coping mechanism 
Mm-hmm. It's not the healthiest way. It's not the most balanced way because, you know, homeostasis for our, our, you know, our bodies is most important for our survival. And I think it's no different for, for our health um, in, in terms of fitness and, and nutrition. So we always try to strive for, for balance, um, you know, get help, seek out other, other ways of coping. You know, there's lots, meditation, journaling, um, talking with a friend, um, you know, creativity, nature, reading, painting. Yeah. So many things, yeah. you know, try to, try to find other ways to cope. Um, and, um, and just trying to find more balance when it comes to exercise. Yeah. Uh, I, I, pre- yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, we have like, we have our, our, our weekly meetings and we're stoked for all of our members and just for, for the people listening that are members, like I, I know that, you know, you guys know that we care a lot because we spend a lot of time with everyone in terms of like making adjustments on calls, on group calls. Like we stay longer on one-on-one calls when we need to. Yeah. Um, for the people that are struggling a little bit more, we spend an extra time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just for anyone that's listening that wants an actual transformation, I, I'll just be blunt about it. Like you actually want to transform your body and your mindset and your health and your life. Um, and you know, you want to work with myself and coach Sarah and coach Nicole and have her join our amazing community. So there's a, there's a link in the show notes where you can get a bit more details about the program. Um, there's a link for you to apply, book your free consultation call, and then just have a conversation to see if we would be a good fit. Um, see what your goals are, where you want to go, what are the challenges that are coming up, but I'm, I'm going to preface this is only if you're actually ready to do the real work. This is way more than us just giving you a workout plan and a meal plan and you're off on your own. Um, it will be challenging everything we talked about we do in the program. So there's a mindset component to it. Like you're going to be confronted with shit that's going to come up for you. You probably know what it is. Maybe you don't know what it is and you'll have to face it once it comes through. But I promise you, like, we're here to support you. We're here to guide you. And, you know, as you go through that, once you learn that lesson, everything gets just so much easier. All yeah. right sustainable yeah absolutely like i'm I'm tired of hearing people like oh i did this this 10 week thing and i lost like 40 pounds i'm like in six months let's have a conversation how much of it did you put back on like how how fun was that first of all second can you sustain the methods that you use those away during 10 weeks like i've done some of those way in the way back in the day and i put on like i put on 50 pounds in a month after a cut Mm. yeah it's it's crazy yeah yeah, and that that will impact your overall long term health. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and your body yeah. builds resistance to to future fat loss once you yeah. do that. It just gets absolutely. harder and harder every time you do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's do it once the right way, and then learn the tools to take you through the rest of your life. Yeah, like I feel like the ideal scenario is I would like to grab everyone on their first cut, so yeah. that we could do it and like like they've never tried to lose weight before. They mm-hmm. do it the right way, the healthy way. Their body's good for the future. You know, we, we, we've had a member and I know you'll know who I'm talking about, but her weight was stable for six months, yeah. right? There's so much stress or so much resistance to the fat loss. And after six months, it just started melting away. Yeah, um, consistency. yeah exactly. That consistency. And, you know, some people have 40 years of yo-yo dieting. Ultimately, your body has resistance. <laughs> like after forty years, I think it's going to have a little bit of resistance. Yeah. Versus if it's your like your first or second or third times of trying to lose weight, but it's not impossible. No, well, we've had members who've never lost weight before. They're like unicorns because yeah. everybody's tried. You know the you know 
the lowest age where people are, are concerned about their weight loss or children basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we, we were able to have a member who's never tried to lose weight and he, his transformation and you know who I'm talking about, I think, um, was phenomenal and he's yeah. still really healthy and, and maintaining his a healthy weight. Yeah. 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 It's always possible. You just have to do it right. Then you have to go with the body and not go against yeah. it. Yeah. But I think the big part people miss is like mindset and shit's going to come up and you have to be willing to do it to, with that. And honestly, like, I don't want to say it's not worth it to take on a fat loss phase if you're not willing to face that, but yeah. ultimately you will have to, if it's going to impact your long-term health and longevity on this planet, you definitely need to lose weight. If that's going to impact you in that way, you're going to need to yeah. deal with whatever shows up and for the love of God, reverse diet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Reverse diet out of it. Don't want you losing 50 pounds and eating, eating like a little tiny bird after. <laughs> no, it's no fun. Ah, I love food is great. Reverse yeah. eating, like eating so much food right now. It's great. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, good, Sarah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to to jump on the podcast. Always great to have you on the show. Um, and uh, again, just the members love you. They're I'm sure they're really excited to hear from you. Um, and any last words you, you'd like to share before we wrap up the show? No, thank you for the opportunity to have a sit down with you. We don't get a chance to chat very often. That's not yeah. program related, but um, yeah. no, it's it's wonderful. I love working with every single member and um, it's an honor and privilege to to be a part of their health journey. Like it truly is. I know that we hear that a lot, but I, I truly feel um, blessed to be a part of this. Yeah. Well, you're crushing it. <laughs> Not everyone likes the word, the fact that I use crushing it, but it just, it's, it started and it stuck two and a half years ago. Yes, I know. I don't mind it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, so again, everyone that's listening, um, there's the link in the show notes. If you want some more information on the program, you want to work with coach Sarah and myself and coach Nicole, we'll take care of you. So go on there and book your call and uh, we will see you guys in the next episode on Friday. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to support, please share it with others that would benefit from it. Share it on social media and be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at Maxim underscore official and on YouTube at FitVegan. The links will also be in the show notes. I'll see you in the next episode.